Welcome to Padmuchun, Armenian History Podcast. Pariyagak Padmuchun, Hayots Padmuchiana Podcast. Good evening, Father Darius. Welcome back. Good evening, Peter. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Peter Hajinian, and I'm, I'm here with Father Darius Barcelian. And we are uh, time for another Padmuchun. Time for another Padmuchun. We're exciting, and hopefully they enjoyed our uh, episodes. Yes, we got a we got a good one today. It's about Khachkars. So yeah. make sure you go to our Facebook page because we'll be posting a lot of pictures of Khachkars. There's only the only real way to do this is to look at hotch cars while you listen to this. Right. If you're in the car driving, don't look at hotch cars. Just look at the road. <laughs> you can look later. <laughs> but if you don't know what hotch cars are, they're the stone crosses that you mm-hmm. see around Armenian churches. They're, they're very uniquely Armenian. And as you were saying right before we turned on, they're a symbol of uh, not only Armenian culture and art, but also Christianity in Armenia. Right. Yeah. They're probably first, first and foremost, they are symbols of our faith because they are cross stone. The right. cross is the, is the center of that stone, uh, cross stone. But they are also symbol of our heritage and our culture. It's a kind of nice combination of all of that, how uh, Armenian church, Armenian culture, Armenian faith are connected, inter, interrelated, interconnected. Right? Yeah. So, and then they are not only... Hotchkars, they are not only found around churches, but they are found all over, all over the place in Armenia. Somebody said if you, if you dig the ground in Armenia, you'll definitely find the <laughs> <laughs> There, There are so many of them. And they are uniquely a, a Christian art that uh, probably developed in Armenia after the adoption of Christianity in Armenia. Yeah. Now, Hotchkar, you were saying, Hotch is cross and mm-hmm. Kar is stone. Stone. Um, and the idea is that the, they first started out as being carved more like Celtic crosses, right? Mm-hmm. So there would be wings to it, mm-hmm. and it would be, uh, so it would be, when you look at it, it's very clearly a cross cut out of stone. Right. But then it evolved, how long until it evolved into the Kachars we know now, which are, I'm going to describe them as rectangular with the front, the cross kind of cut into the front, mm-hmm. almost like a stella right. or a bas relief or, you know, a relief into the stone. Mm-hmm. So I I think uh, uh, what the first the oldest hodge cars that we know of in that shape rectangle shape they come to us from uh, seven or eight centuries. Okay. And they are kind of uh, beginning of these rectangular hodge cars. They are not as beautiful as elaborate hodge cars that we have today. But I think in, in 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 around this time it moved from being just four wing cross into rectangle shape having rectangular shape uh, uh, to, to the Hotchkars. Uh, but originally, I think the first stage was uh, having four wings, and uh, mm-hmm. probably they were made uh, from wood in the beginning, yeah. uh, and then it, it turned into, uh, moved into a stone. There was an importance, I think, of, uh, of why they moved into a stone too, importance to the stone. Uh, because if you look at Hotchkar, and hopefully you will, you, you, on, our, on our page we'll post some of the Hotchkars, then you'll see um, the cross goes a little deeper into the Hotchkar. Yeah. Uh, and the idea is that uh, cross becomes a home, a house. Uh, the, the stone becomes a home and a house for the cross. So the cross lives in the Hotchkar, like we live in our houses, and houses are made in Armenia with 
with uh, stone, churches are made with the stones, house yeah. of worship, a home that we live. Similarly, cross lives in the stone. Yeah. So the stone houses and uh, the, the cross. As like my new word I came up with, chachkardu. Chachkardu. Well, this, this may, that makes me think too of Armenian monasteries. Gerardavank mm-hmm. uh, is carved into the mountain. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a real, um, there's a connection between the rock and, you know, a uh, place of, you know, a solid place, mm-hmm. um, place of worship, you know, especially the... Monasteries that are way up in the mountains, Dadev, and those places that are hard to get to. You know, it's yeah. I forgot where I was going with that, but <laughs> I think there's a you know there's a definite reverence for rocks and stone in Armenia yeah. when it comes to when it comes to building churches and everything. And I think we need to mention that a lot of the stone is tufa stone, right? right? Which is the volcanic rock you see all over Armenia. It's orange or pink, gray. Um, I think those are the only colors it comes in, right? Yeah. But that's what I makes. I think there was black too, black. but not as common. I think not as common. That's what makes Yerevan the pink city. Pink city. Because it it has that it's that tufa stone and it's, uh, it's really beautiful. It's kind of like a, some of it it can look like marble. Right. Sometimes it has speckles in it. Sometimes you know uh, it it just it's not just a, a solid color. There's a little bit of grain and things within mm-hmm. the stone. Yeah, but I think it's also important to mention that the stone is very durable. Yeah. And it's very soft in the meantime. So interesting combination. Yeah. You can carve on that. You can easily just, yeah. even if you, you don't have, if, if, if you don't have the right tools, but you can go and just carve on it and, and don't try to damage our cross stone. Yeah, <laughs> leave our cash card alone. Try, don't try to do anything. I'm trying this at home, but... <laughs> but uh, you can easily carve on it, yeah. but also it's very durable. Yeah, you know, it can handle our winter here. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so it's very uh, durable, durable stone. Let's talk about the usage of how they started okay. and, and uh, uh, you know, what they were used for. The That's a good, because I have a question. So when I was in Armenia, my tour guide said that Khachkars have over 50 uses. And I thought that was a lot because I couldn't think of 50 things that would need a stone cross. <laughs> what were the 50 uses? <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, let's name the uses we know. You, we know that they're there for churches, Yeah. Yeah. We have they one outside use, of our use church. Before soccer games. <laughs> before <laughs> soccer games. <laughs> Let's bring out that. <laughs> what are the 50 uses? <laughs> if you forget something somewhere, you can use a Koch card to remind yourself you left it there. <laughs> but I think the three main uses of usage for the Koch card, the first one was that um, uh, every time a church was going to be built in a certain area, uh, first they would place a Koch card there. Yeah. To mark the spot and to, that people get used to the area as a place of worship. Uh-huh. So while the church was being built, they have the Khachkar. So they can come and maybe light a candle. And you'll uh-huh. see that in, in Armenia too. I think the first one was uh, uh, to... Uh, and even now sometimes. I remember some of the churches here, they were built. Even in U.S., they first placed a Khachkar there. Uh, uh, and then they, they have to bless the ground, right, first. Uh-huh. And then they place the Khashkar, and later 
they build a church there, and then they still have the Hajkar, so the Hajkar is usually placed outside. Oh, of interesting. The, outside of the Hajkar. So, so the first one that's, is that's to the mark first the spot for the future church that is going to be built. And that, that, is, that rule, that canon to use the church word, comes to us from fourth century, from St. Gregory. Okay. He, in his canons, he said, every time when you build a church, before you build a church, you have to place a Hashkar. That's exactly what he said. Really? But would it have been stone? It would have been stone, but it wouldn't have looked like our rectangular stone. Yeah, it crosses. would be just probably at that time would be a regular cross or okay. four-wing cross yeah. or maybe even wooden, but, but I think crosses and their, their usage of Armenian you know, in Armenia has probably started from the beginning of Christianity in Armenia. So Armenians every... are very creative. You know, yeah. we, don't, we don't talk about that much. <laughs> we, don't, we don't like talking, praising ourselves. We invent a lot of things, too. <laughs> so every time, every time you see a church, there was a Khachkar there at some point. In probably, Armenian church, yeah. yeah. That was one of the main usages of Khachkar. Mm-hmm. Another use is gravestone, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's more common, right, yeah. these days. Yeah, what's, a, what's a, another use? The, the third one was to mark the borders of oh. cities, of towns, or yeah. regions. or uh, So they, they would place a hashkar in the beginning of a town saying, like when you go to, when I go to Roseville, <laughs> there's a sign that says, <laughs> the Roseville, <laughs> 33,690 <laughs> people. <laughs> they would place a hashkar. Taron Gava has these many people. <laughs> well, good thing it's easy to carve into the Koch car because then you can change the number change whenever someone moves them. away or moves in. <laughs> but uh, it, it also had a meaning of uh, protection that you place uh-huh. a Koch car to protect your city, your town, your region. And uh, you know, what is interesting is uh, uh, in, in 2015 they placed a Koch car. Uh, on the border between Armenia and Turkey, next to really? Corvina. Oh, next to Corvina. Yeah, we oh. don't. Have, we don't. It was not placed there for this purpose. That yeah. we protect our border. Yeah, it was. They had a completely different meaning. But it's interesting that it was placed right on the border between Armenia and Turkey. Well, they used to. I mean, that was an ancient practice of kings' boundary stones, mm-hmm. and it would just be a rock with whatever mm-hmm. written on it. I know Tigran the Great did it. Because mm-hmm. they found them, but they're written in Aramaic because it didn't have Armenian writing then. Um, so I think that, you know, that probably was a, when the country first converted to Christianity, that was probably a very, uh, one of the first things that changed is that you would enter Armenia and you start seeing these crosses everywhere mm-hmm. yeah. as a way to symbolize that. Well, probably was common use back then. And, and um, as I mentioned earlier, the first. Known Hajkars, the oldest known Hajkars to us, uh, are come to us from eighth uh, century. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the oldest was found in Artsakh region. Uh, I think it was uh, seven hundred sixty something. Wow! It was found in a cemetery not far from a chapel. Uh, that's it, it is actually dated on. It says it was made around this time. So they believe that this is the oldest Hajkar that was found. Wow. The second oldest Hajkar that for a long time was considered the oldest Hajkar was found in the region of Arad oh. in, in Armenia. Uh, that is dated only 10, that's only 10 years younger okay. than uh, the, 
with this one. But it, it looks a little different in style too. You can tell, probably it depends on the uh, on region too. And when we talked about that too, how style yeah. is important of the Hodge cars. Well, before we go into style, there's 47 other uses of the Hodge car we haven't okay, covered. Let's, let's think about uh, 47 Birthday other. party. Birthday, yes. When, when you, uh, you retirement party. <laughs> When you get a new car. When you get a new <laughs> car. <laughs> Alright, this is going to take all night. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, yeah. So so what we should describe the the, the style of uh, of the Koch car. So every Koch car will have obviously a stone cross, right? Mm -hmm. Stone cross, and on top it will will it have some of them have a crown mm -hmm. to symbolize Christ the King, mm -hmm. um, the Kingdom of God, the Kingdom, of God. kingdom of God. Um, there will be. Is there always uh, a circle at the bottom of the cross? Not always, but most of the time, I think, there is a circle in the bottom. Of the, uh, very often, it, it is a circle of the Trinity. Yeah, uh, the swirl. Yeah, and then uh, and the other meaning of that is, uh, symbolizes the earth, ah. and people living on, on the earth. Yeah. And then, of course, the, the center of the Hashko is the cross itself, uh -huh. right? So the theology, the Hashkor is actually a theological object too. It has oh. a theology on it. Uh, it, was, it is not just beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. Look, look. But it has theology. Like the manuscripts, they have theology. Like the icons, they have theology. Hashkor, similarly, they have theology too. And they are kind of our icons. One mm. of the church fathers, I think it's Greek father. Oh, no, it's actually uh, yeah, one of our... Uh, writers. He was a monk too, and Mukhtar Gorsi wrote the first constitution for Armenians. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, and actually, his statue is in front of Madinadara. He's one of them, one of these. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he says, like the Greeks, they have the icons. Mm -hmm. We Armenians, we have the Hashkars. So similar meaning. Kind of I bet you he got a Hashkar for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Small. The small one. <laughs> they could put it yeah. in. Someone put it in his pocket. Yeah. Way. About the you size have, of an you iPhone. Have your <laughs> I don't have a. I have a black uh, hatch car that is uncarved right now. They use a new model. A new model. Yeah. <laughs> the hatch car ten. <laughs> but um, we are getting. We're a little. We're a little off of death. Uh, but so the uh, so the, the theology behind the Khashkar was that of people living on the earth to the crucifixion of Christ through his sacrifice or destined, they have uh, the, the opportunity, they are connected to the kingdom of God. So uh, it's vertical theology from the bottom to top and goes, uh, and then you can look from the top to the bottom to that forgiveness of God comes down from the top to the kingdom of God, crucifixion to the people. So he's love coming down too. So there is theology, and then there is there are all kinds of ornaments right around yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, grapes and yeah. uh, sometimes pomegranate and yeah, pomegranates. symbols of Armenia. Some flowers sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, there's sometimes uh, kind of braided edges mm -hmm. along the inside, um, and and the crosses are always really ornate mm -hmm. that I've seen. 
um, it, it styles of cross. So the most uh, famous sort of artistic styles of, of the Khachkars were the uh, Julfa, mm-hmm. which is in Nakhichevan now. Nakhichevan, yeah. And the story of Julfa is it was, uh, uh, it was actually at one point in Persia, and Shah Abbas, the Persian king, decided that he wanted these Armenians closer to his new capital, Isfahan, because he wanted to get population, and the Armenians were known as, you know, good traders, uh, you know, good craftsmen. craftsmen and administrators. So he moved the entire village of Julfa to New Julfa outside of Isfahan. Yeah. But the Khachkar stayed in Nakhichevan mm-hmm. because there's been recently an article about how um, there was an Armenian that went into Nakhichevan in the 70s or mm-hmm. 80s. Mm-hmm. Is this how it? And he sort of saw he. He documented all the Khachkars that he could find. And these, the pictures that he has, are, they're big. They're bigger than the Khachkars I've seen before. Mm-hmm. They're sort of, uh, you know, almost two meters tall mm-hmm. and, and at least a meter wide. And recently someone has gone back into Nakhichivan, into Jufa, and found that most of these are gone. Right. There's about three or four, right? Le- less than a dozen Well, left. all of them are, are gone. There was now a military base. Okay. In, in, there was... There was the site of, of these Hajkars. There was a cemetery, right? Yeah. Uh, and all these Hajkars are in the cemetery. And, uh, and they, in 1970s, they were still there. Well, if you, if you go back later to understand what happened, Nakhijevan was an Armenian land with yeah. populated Armenians. And like Nagorno-Karabakh, like Artsakh, it was just given to Azerbaijan. Yeah. <laughs> although it didn't make any sense because they didn't have border with Azerbaijan. Yeah. So Armenia is in between. Yeah. between this. Um, and then Nakhijevan ended up under the rule of uh, Azeris, Azerbaijani in 1970s. And they were not particularly interested in taking care of these Hajkars. Yeah. not their heritage. Yeah. They were not known of taking care of other people's heritage and even not, not even their own. But that's not just <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure we want to do a podcast. <laughs> but in the 1970s, people traveled to these areas, and some of these hushkers they were still there. And they took pictures, and even there were some expeditions, some attempts to bring some of these hushkers to Armenia. And they did bring them. Oh. Some of them they ended up in Holy Edge They are still there. Uh-huh. There are about probably four or five that I have seen. Or in Holy Hachmiadzin. And there was one of them actually, uh, the cognac factory. Oh, in <laughs> uh, because no, they, no, Ararat. Ararat. Ah. Because the director of cognac factory, he hired a group of people to go to Nakhichevan and they paid some of the soldiers, Russian soldiers, because Russian soldiers were protecting their border. Mm-hmm. And they had a truck, there were pictures of that. Wow. They were post, there was an article about this uh, by Sputnik, Sputnik by uh, website or Russian station uh, channel uh, website. Um, so they, uh, they hired the soldiers and they brought some of the Hajkars to Armenia. But only a few of them. Mm-hmm. There were thousands of thousands of them. In 1970s, they were still there. In 1990s, you see they were starting to uh, kind of being destroyed little by little. It happened in stages, gradually. Uh, there was a war going on between Armenia and Azerbaijan. That mm-hmm. kind of escalated everything. Uh, and, and Bill posted this picture. You can see how in, uh, in, uh, in 19, 
in uh, I, th I believe it was in two, 2000, 2000 something I believe uh, there was a video that emerged uh, the Azeri soldiers they were just smashing and, and hammering the the uh, the Khashkars and destroying them uh, so somebody from our side they, they videotaped that and then mm. in 2006 or 7 I think uh, all of that area is gone and then it turned into a military base nothing is left Hmm. from all these Khashkars and it's and it's sad that all this heritage uh, is gone mm -hmm. and there is a Khashkar park now in Yerevan between Republic Square and, mm -hmm. and Vernissage and uh, those are new Khashkars inspired by the mm -hmm. art of the Khashkars from Jufa yes mm -hmm. um, they were installing that when I was there mm. when was that? 2015 2015 so Many of the Khashkars made today by mm -hmm. the, by Khashkar artists in Armenia, mm -hmm. and I know some of them in Armenia. There is one family, and they make Khashkars, and they are known for for as a kind of family who makes Khashkars. And um, uh, they most of their Khashkars are in style very similar to the Khashkars of Julfa or Juha. Interesting. Yeah. So what what um. If I want to, if I want to order a Khashkar, well, let's say, let's say my, you know, grandfather dies and we want to get him a Khashkar for his grave. How do we go about, would we call one of these families or we talk to, you know, our priest? Would you be able to get us in touch with the guy who <laughs> makes the Khashkar? Well, I wrote, I wrote one for us here. You did, yes. Yeah, here in 2015, we brought a Khashkar here for, you know... And we uh, commemorate the 100th anniversary of the Armenian genocide, and we brought Khajkar uh, to to Minnesota, and it's beautiful, and it's mm -hmm. uh, to our church, and uh, um, it's it's actually to personal relationships, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, and there are people you, you they have to you have to pick one and choose one. It depends if they are very busy too. You have to order, you know, uh, way ahead of time. And they are not that expensive, to be honest. If you, really? if you were to make the same Khashkar, first of all, you cannot make the same Khashkar here. Yeah. You don't have the same <clears throat> uh, stone. Yep. You don't have the same craftsmen to make it. Usually it's made by laser here. And it, it's not, it doesn't look beautiful. I've seen those. Wow. Uh, and they, are, they cost a lot more. They cost three times more to make it here. To laser a Khashkar. Yeah. <laughs> there are some in East Coast that have seen those, and, and they, they are like, uh, if, you, if you look behind, I think it says made in China. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think <laughs> some of them are, uh, but I think a real Khashkar to me is, uh, you know, uh, the one made with Tufa yeah. stone, and, and it's very particular and very beautiful the way that. Uh, this art of making Khashkar is not uh, is not taught in schools or yeah. in a in a, in, a, in, a, in a, an academy. You mm -hmm. go to a, what is the academy called in Minneapolis that you'd learn? Dun oh, MCAD, Minneapolis College of Art and Design. That too, but Dun Dunwoody. 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 You go to Dunwoody and you learn how to make. Dun yeah. <laughs> to make a, there is no Dunwoody. It does. But it's it's passed through generation. Yeah. It sounds like a, a generation, you know, it's like you were born into the Khachkar family. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do when you grow up? Well, i got to make Khachkars with my dad and grandpa. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's generational code, kind of. It's, yeah. It's, 
and and you never make the same chashka. None of the chashkas are, are identical. Wow. There is always they all are different, right? They all are unique. All these chashkas, and it's and somebody one of these uh, chashkar masters, he said, it comes through generation. It's a code that we have in our genes, in our DNA, mm. that we receive how to make these chashkas. There is no, there is no book about it. There is no really style. There is no really a certain way to make this is how you make Hachka but it's how your spirit it is a spiritual and he and he mentioned this too that it is a spiritual creation it is a it is a it is a reflection of, of human spirit reflection of Armenian spirit I think wow so when you order the Hachka for us <laughs> you go back to when you got the when you know we were getting a hotch card, did they ask you what kinds of things you wanted on it? Or no, it did, was just uh, it just or, said or which ones are available. Okay. At the time and, and then you choose which one you you, you want. Okay. So they make it and then yeah. They, and then if you have certain yeah if you if you want certain wishes on it if you if you want certain inscription on it yeah you, you can request that too. Wow, that's I interesting. You can happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, Cover this, but what does it what does it mean to us? What does the what does the Khachkar mean to you? Um, I, I think it is first and foremost uh, uh, expression of our Armenian spirituality, of Armenian uh, culture, and heritage of Armenian faith. Uh, how they uh, uh, they produce this beautiful art to express who they are. It's uniquely Armenian, you know. You yeah. don't find this anywhere else. And mm-hmm. of course, we talked about. Celtic. You say Celtic or Celtic? You say either one. Celtic. Celtic. Celtic yeah. Or Celtic. We talk about Celtic, but they're not, they don't come as close to Armenian Hashkars. They're not really, uh, you know, they're Hashkars yeah. still, they're crosstones, but, but they don't express that spirituality. They don't express the soul, Armenian soul, in, in, in those Hashkars. So, uh, they're not as, 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 as elaborate as Armenian Hashkars. So they are really. Uh, important objects and and I think they symbolize our identities they symbolize our Armenian identity they they symbolize who we are and there are many stories how Armenians they uh, they try to uh, save the Hajkars how they carry the Hajkars from city of Ani to Nakhijab to uh, to Russia and they save the Hajkars and it's on their backs carrying the Hajkars so uh, Hajkars are special for Armenians and that's why in Armenian church we have a special uh, service for blessing of the Hajkars. Mm-hmm. They was written by in fourth fifth century, I think, uh, by Hoban Mandagoni. He wrote the service that we wash the Hajkar and then we use holy muron to bless the Hajkar. Uh-huh. So there are only few occasions we we use muron, right? There is yeah. baptism, there is ordination when we consecrate a church, but also when we bless the Hajkar. So that's how important yeah. Hajkars are for us. What does it mean to you, Peter? Well, you you kind of covered it off, but it is that distinctly Armenian art art form, 
that is also kind of uh, like the like the Kashkar artist was saying. It's it's in the DNA and it's encoded. So it it has everything. It has it has the cross. It has the Christianity, but it has the stone and it has that uh, craftsmanship. I mm-hmm. mean, I call it. It really looks like braided rock to me. Mm. Some of the some of the artwork and and it's that delicate and that. Um, it makes you look at it and go, how on earth do they make this? You know, I think it's just, yeah, that's a beautiful stone expression. Hmm. A Khashkar dude. <laughs> it's amazing how you can, you, you can express, have this beautiful expression on just piece of stone. Yeah. You take this stone and you make it something really beautiful. Yeah. 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 And if, if you see Khashkar, if you go and see Khashkar, you recognize that this is Armenian Khashkar. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, you know. And then somebody said a long time ago, you know, if as long as we have Khashkars, Armenians will be around. If there are no Khashkars, then we're like Nakhijevan. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Armenians, I don't have, there are no Armenians anymore there. Yeah. If there were Armenians, the Khashkars would be probably there. Mm-hmm. But if the Khashkars are gone, Armenians are not. They don't live in that region anymore. Yeah. So, uh, and if there are two or three Armenians in a certain area, they definitely have a Hashkar than the church. <laughs> so, definitely there is a Hashkar there. Okay. Well, I think that's a good, uh, that's, that's a good conversation on Hashkars. If you have questions about Hashkars, leave them on the Facebook page. We're going to post some pictures mm-hmm. of Hashkars. A Khashkar gallery. Khashkar. I just like saying Khashkar. Yeah. And, uh, of course, like and subscribe and uh, tell all your friends. Yeah. And we'll see you soon with another podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe.